<laughs> That's so cool. What's up, guys? How's it going? It's your boys back at it again with another episode of your favorite podcast. Absolutely. This So I Was Thinking podcast. Yeah, not the Joe Rogan podcast, not the... Side rant. Hey, babe podcast. Go side, on. Side rant about our name. Um, I was wearing some So I Was Thinking merch the other day. Shout out. And uh, someone, I, I didn't realize, but... <laughs> They're kind of funny, funny shirts because it just says, so I was thinking and without the context that I have a podcast, someone was like, what were you thinking about? I was like, Lots oh, of things. Like, this is just my shirt. He's like, oh, I thought you were just walking around with a shirt that was like, so I was thinking. Yeah. It was like one of those. It's a thought provoking shirt. This is how you get people to listen to our podcast. So I was thinking actually about a lot of things. I was thinking about Christianity and about Jesus and about how I need him. And so do you. But it was just funny because I never thought about or a name like that. Anyway. Yeah. That was the interesting Rowan factoid of the day. That's the craziest thing that happened to me. Is it? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, I'm trying not to say anything about my crazy week. Because I'm going to say something inappropriate. So. All right. That's good self-awareness. Um. Icebreaker question before we get into this episode um, and DM us with your answers. What do you think there are more of, doors or wheels in the world? You counted up all the doors and all the wheels. Which one do you think is So in cars, they're equal unless you count the steering wheel. And it's five. What about bugs? They only have two doors. What? And then 18-wheelers have two doors. Yeah, like Volkswagen bugs. Oh, I thought you were talking about insects. Oh, no, no, no. No, but then 18-wheelers have 18. But then you got to consider, like, houses have several, like... Several doors, no wheels. Yeah. And all the buildings in the world? Yeah, but That's think a like, thought-provoking question. <laughs> I know. And I'm not like, going to think too much about it because I really don't trucks, care. semi-trucks have, like, so many wheels. Like... <laughs> They have the two wheels, but then they stick two wheels like and make kind of like a sandwich. Yeah. So that does that count as anyway? DM us, DM us with your answer. Or, I want to know. Yeah, sure. Or come up to me in church and be like, "Oh, by the way, you're wrong. It's wheels by a long shot." Honestly, I think it's doors. Cause think about like submarines. <laughs> Why just submarines? <laughs> Because they have doors and no wheels. So do boats. Dude, I didn't, I didn't think of that. <laughs> but planes But like, think have of all the toy cars. Doors. We're right. going down a <laughs> rabbit hole. I'm sorry. This is going to be the whole episode at this point. <laughs> this is going to be an episode of the after show. Oh, yeah. Because we love doing that, and we're definitely doing it again. Yeah, we've done that so many times, it's getting kind of old. Uh, but, uh, Ro, what are we talking about today? Today, we're going to take, uh, we're going to go about this in a kind of different way because we're going to talk about a, a kind of different topic. Yeah, it's going to be a bit of a show and tell episode. Yeah. Um, so you have my, to get to us on YouTube. This is my rabbit. Um, you can't see him, but he's there. Um, but today, we're going to be talking about covenants because I think it's one of those words that pops up all the time in the Bible. But what does that actually mean? You feel me? Yeah. Like, I don't really know what they are to keep it a buck with you. 
Yeah. I'm sure if you spoke English. Uh, covenants. Uh, I think covenants are one of the key ways that we understand the Bible. Um, as a whole, like it is how God reveals himself and relates to us. Um, and uh, like from, from the very beginning in Genesis, we have established covenants. We have God doing work and making promises, right? And these promises are defining of who God is. Um, and so if you're reading your Bible, like uh, the the cool thing is, you know, Ron and I, we we did the 30-day shred this year. And the what helps me get through it is understanding the covenants that God has made with his people and then understanding that he's ultimately working his entire, like, mission through these covenants, right? So he makes a promise of Jesus and how he brings about the restoration and the reconciliation of the world is through these covenants. And he makes a few different ones throughout the Bible and they start like weaving through each other and it becomes this beautiful tapestry where these covenants are the thread, right? Um, Yeah. And I think uh, when I read through, when I made it through uh, the Bible in 30 days, um, it was really cool to see, like, how, for me, it was really eye-opening how, like, God was faithful throughout the whole Bible. Like, you saw his hand in everything because, like, when he, um, ah, shoot, lost my train of thought. Like, from the very beginning, he makes it, uh, he makes promises. And, like, even though it gets pretty rough at times, God always comes through in the end. And I think that's uplifting to us because, like, we know that no matter, like, where life takes us, God is always there and God's going to keep his promises. That's just who God is. And so I think that's something that we can learn from these covenants because I think there is a danger to this episode where it's going to sound like we're giving you a lecture or that you're just sitting at school or something. I think uh, we can use this. We can still use stuff like this to learn about like who God is and how, and we can still have this affect our life, even though it might sound a little luxury. Yeah. And our goal isn't to be luxury. It's to Um, right? Like we started this whole podcast with the idea of we have questions about the Bible and how we're supposed to live it out and how we relate to God and how God relates to us and how we relate to each other. And um, yes, I think we've done a good job at tackling some questions, uh, you know, that have come our way, but really like as we've progressed and as we've grown in our faith and as we've come to understand, you know, like more about the Bible and more about Christianity and dig deeper into our faith, Um, this is one of the things that's just coming through in our podcast is that we are making like, um, a conscious effort to dig deeper into some of the things that would help us grow in our faith. Um, so let's talk a little bit about covenants and what, um, it has to do with like, what's, what's the point? Like what, what do covenants do for us, Rowan? Bro, you're the one who did all the studying for this what are you i know but you have the notes too so oh jeez you're you're killing me man so what is a covenant right (laughs) webster's dictionary defines covenant (laughs) as two metals (laughs) you're dumb Um, (laughs) 
The That's fusing enough. of two metals. <laughs> fusing of two metals. Um, no, but like before we can talk about like uh, what a covenant is, right? Oh, ooh, brain fart. Before we can like talk about like the different covenants in the Bible, it's going to be uh, super helpful for us to first understand what a covenant is in the first place. And a covenant is simply just a pact between persons establishing the conditions of their relationship, right? So, Felipe, turning this question back on you, so how does that work between man and God? Because God is so much greater than, like, man ever could be, right? So, what is a pact between God and man, like, establishing the conditions of the relationship? What does that, what does that even mean? Um, so, I think when we look at the covenants, especially the covenants in the Bible— um, it teaches us of God dealing with man, right? Like God is a God of laws and a God of principles. And when we read the Bible and we look at it through the lens of these covenants, we're not looking at what the scripture tells us about us. Like we're not finding, like we're not doing a 30 day shred saying, God, tell me more about me. Tell me more about my purpose and my mission and my goal and blah, blah, blah. Like that's very self-centered. What we're doing is we're looking at what scripture through these covenants tell us about God. God, right? And I think it's important that we understand uh, that there's a lot, and we're about to do a whole kind of mini series on this, but there's a lot. Awesome. Yeah, there's a lot that we're going to look at uh, in these covenants just over the next few minutes here um, that reveal to us more about God's character, more about God's personality, more about what he is like. And that's important because covenant is important, right? Like, um, you might not see it this way, but you have a covenant between your friends and um, that's, and, and it's very like, uh, well, let me think of it this way, like relationships, like Rowan is, is pretty much like my little brother in, in so many ways, right? And I would do a lot of things for Rowan, but at the same time, I'm going to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter how good I try to be, I'm going to fail. When God makes covenant with people, when God makes a pact with somebody, there like there's no way it can go wrong. Yeah. When God is half of the equation, right? Um, but you know, like when we look at covenants, um, it, I think it means a lot more. Uh, in biblical times than it does now because we don't see a lot of these packs being made. But, um, you know, like, for example, if if Rowan and I were, were, I mean, we are different families, but if we're different families, but we're trying to join together for the sake of mutually benefiting us both, right? I can, we can do that one of two ways. It can either be done through marriage. So I have a daughter or Rowan has a son and we force them to get married because it's going to mutually benefit us. Or, Rowan and I make a pact and we make a covenant and it's public and it's gruesome and it's like to the death. Um, and we're going to look at some of those covenants in the Bible, but it's important that we also understand that as we look at these covenants, who God is determines what he does. That's good. Yeah. Um, who God is determines what he does. And what I mean by that is um, if God makes a covenant, he never acts outside of it. Right. And so we have we have a lot of people nowadays um, or a lot of people that are TikTok famous or they post like these sermon clips and they're really quick and popular or whatever. But sometimes people will say stuff about God or on behalf of God that have nothing to do with who God is. Or we cling on to promises 
that have nothing to do with who God is. And if we understand the covenants that God has already laid in, laid in place, we'll understand that God does not act outside of who he is. Yeah. That's good. So now that we kind of know like what covenants are, what are what are some like covenants in the Bible, right? Cuz God God makes several covenants with um us as a people, he uh like makes covenants with like specific people. So like what are some of those covenants and like why are they important? Um I think it's important that we um understand that so in the Bible, there's like five major covenants, depending on how meticulous and theological you are, you can find up to three more. Uh, but we're going to look at the five major ones clearly cited in scripture. And there's hints of other ones. Uh, well, you can make an argument for a sixth one because God makes a covenant with Adam and Eve in the garden, but we're not going to look at that one. I'm going to talk about it a little bit. Sorry. Uh, but these covenants, they take two types of like actions, right? Like they, they go one of two ways and sometimes they go both ways. So these are ancient traditions. And I think it's important to understand that when God makes these covenants in the ancient world, it's, I think this is one of the things that's also incredible about God, right? Like when Jesus shows up, he's talking to fishermen and to poor people. Uh, and so he talks in parables that they understand. He doesn't talk about like, all right, let's talk about heaven for a second. Let me show you some angels. He talks about the kingdom of heaven in the way that they would understand. He doesn't say like, hey, listen, the kingdom of heaven is like buying Bitcoin early and holding on to it and never letting go of it. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure in the field and you find this treasure in the field and you sell literally everything that you have to buy the field, right? Uh, but when God makes a covenant with these people in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, He's making covenants in a way that people understand. And so these were commonplace. Like God isn't acting outside of what people understood so that people understand exactly what he was doing. Yeah. Um, That's good. So, so looking at one of these, uh, this uh, one of these uh, covenants is called a suzerain vassal covenant. And it's a legal treaty between kings and their subjects or between two kings that established what the king would do for the subjects and how they were to respond back to his government, right? So king shows up, like, let's say, you know, like uh, I conquer a town and Rowan lives in that town. I'm the king, I'm in command and I'm just showing up and I'm like, this is exactly how this is going to work. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. There's no two, um, two-sided conversation to this. This is, I'm going to take care of you and you're going to do this for me. Like you are now under my covenant. And as long as you do your part, like this is how this is going to work. And then the other one is called a Royal Grant Covenant. And it's an agreement where one person in the covenant makes an unconditional promise to the other with the other person not having to do anything in return. And these promises, they show up uh, all over the Old Testament and in the New Testament when God, when Jesus makes the new covenant. Um, so before we dive into uh, going over the five covenants that we see in the Bible, we're doing something new. Let's check it out. Hey, everyone. So Ron and I have a really exciting opportunity that we want to share with you in May. We are going Man. down to Florida to vacation. Just kidding. We're going to go down and we're 
uh, we have the opportunity to support this really incredible ministry uh, called Heart of the Bride. Uh, they are doing a mud run in the middle of the panhandle. What? It's probably the biggest event of the year. It's going to be awesome. For Southern Alabama. Uh, and uh, uh, this race that we're going to help uh, volunteer at and run is to help raise money for this organization as they help support orphans throughout the world. Um, one of my good friends runs it. Ron and I are already training. Uh, we've been laying off the Twinkies uh, for the past two days. Uh, <laughs> the past two days. That's as, that's as far as we're going to go. It's true. <laughs> I've actually been laying off Tinkies for a while. Anyway, this is going to be a really long commercial. But I have uh, Mike Anderson here who actually helps run the thing. He's the guy that also builds most of the obstacles himself with his bare hands. Uh, Mike, can you tell us more about what we're doing and how actually our viewers can help be there and help you guys out even if they can't run the race with us? Yeah, so uh, first off, a little bit about um, the race. By the way, if you want to out more, you can go to uh, emeraldcoastmudrun.com. So emeraldcoastmudrun.com, that will give you more information about the race. But essentially, uh, we offer a 10K competitive, a 5K uh, fun run, uh, a one-mile kids run, and uh, a night run where you run and work with a headlamp and we light up the course called Zero Dark Dirty. We have 18-plus obstacles, three mud pits, and uh, uh, we get muddy to do good. So 100% of the proceeds will go for uh, orphan and at-risk children around the world. Um, we're in five different countries. We can really only talk about four countries where we are su actively supporting orphans, about 500 orphans that we care for. But also, also locally here in the US, we do adoption aid grants for uh, uh, families looking to adopt because that can be very expensive. And then also right in our county here in, uh, in Florida, in Okaloosa County, we're heavily involved in the foster care uh, system through uh, uh, court care portals. So anyway, so that's a little bit about it. Um, this is our 10th year putting on the mud. Uh, we will have thousands of runners. Um, last year we had close to, um, I think 300 registered runners, 400 volunteers. And last year we raised uh, almost $90,000. So wow. our goal this year is to try to get $90,000 um, uh, for orphans. Um, the organization that the, the Mud Run supports is called Heart of the Bride. A lot of times people think we're in the wedding business, but we're not. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, but if you find out more about Heart of the Bride, um, you can go to heartofthebride.org. That's heartofthebride.org. And you can find out more specifically uh, the countries that we're involved in. Uh, some are uh, uh, with orphanages that we have. Uh, some is schools. Uh, and then also uh, what we're, the work that we do locally, like more specifically. And there's other ways to get involved besides the mud run. The mud run was a quick practical way for us to, to take our reach and go wide into the community, right? So everybody can be a part of supporting uh, orphan care, right? Maybe you came on a, a mission trip or maybe you, you're not able to sponsor a, a child monthly and all support, but you can say, hey, I'll get together uh, with some friends and challenge them and up for this this event uh, and, and have a blast doing it, but also helping us raise the money uh, for orphan care. So any other uh, questions you have specifically? Yes. Yeah, so because we, well, I know you well, there is one way that you can 
sign up, even if you're not able to do the race, even if you're not able, able to give. And it has to do with just swiping your debit card or credit card. Really quick, Mike, can you tell us about that? Yeah, so uh, we have lots of ways to get involved, but a very easy practical way is just donating your change. And uh, in our modern day today, very few actually carry change with them. Uh, so this is just our, our, our an updated version. You can donate your change. If you um, text the word kids change, all one word, kids change to 26989. So text the word kids change to 26989. Uh, that will send you a link. And what you can do is you can register on this link and you essentially register uh, your debit card or a credit card. And one, it takes about five minutes to register it. It's secure. I've been doing it now for two years. Uh, you'll be able to round up your change. So uh, for example, uh, if you go to the grocery store and um, you go to buy groceries and it comes out to, uh, I, I don't know, $59.85, right? It's automatically going to round that up to $3 and it'll donate the 15 cents to Heart of the Bride. So it's really cool. You don't have to think twice. In fact, uh, it's actually easier for you to budget because every time you use your card, just round it up to that dollar. So you don't have to worry about, oh, I've got to, you know, down to the cent. It's like, no, you just round it up to the next. And you know that that change is getting donated to Heart of the Bride. It takes five minutes to set. It's secure. Um, you can also set a limit. So if you want to um, only donate for the $15 or $20, you can set your maximum donation to that $15 or $20. Every time you swipe your card, whether it's getting gas, uh, food, grocery, whatever it is, right? It'll round up. It hits that $15 or whatever that limit you set. It'll stop. And then it just kind of resets itself for the next month. So it's a great way um, for you to help orphans and at-risk children but you don't necessarily have it to sponsoring a child, which can be um, $50, you know, or even coming down and running the mud run, right, which may be difficult, but you're like, hey, yeah, I want to donate my change and uh, and help orphans in that room. Man, we would love that, that, to have you uh, support us in that area. Again, it's the word kids change at 2689. Sweet. That's well, awesome. we are very excited to go down and run this race. Uh I need to start stretching now because the way my legs are set up, they're always tight. Uh, but <laughs> May 21st is race day. And until then, we are going to plug this on every episode so that you can help. I, it's not about us, really. We want to do the best that we can to help support this wonderful organization, all the work that we're doing. If you want to come race with us, you know, we're not buying tickets for anybody, but you can <laughs> meet us there. Uh, or you can, like, help uh organically wherever you're at just like mike said so you have multiple ways heartofthebride.org.com heartofthebride.org emerald mud emerald coast mudrun.com and you can text kids change to 26989 2689 the words change 2689 i'll get it we'll have all these things in the description as well sweet so you don't have to remember it All right, Mike, we'll see you down at the Mud Run, and I'll back to hey, the Hey, I can't wait to see you guys. Thanks for the support. Of course. All right. So looking at the five covenants in the Bible that we see, um, they are made specifically and uniquely. Um, 
Sometimes they're made to a person. Sometimes they're made to a people. But ultimately, it's God doing what God wants. And he's making these promises to people. And they're intense and they're special. And if you understand what's happening here, you will understand the Bible and the story of God so much better. So, Rowan, we yes. have five covenants. Numero uno. I don't know how to pronounce this. Noak. 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 There's no A in there. It's just Noak. Yeah, I know. Noak. Um, first one is Noak, which is the covenant made between God and Noah in Genesis 6.18. And basically... In this covenant, God promises to never again destroy human life with a flood. And God will be the only one who needs to uphold anything in the covenant for this one. So when looking at this, it's like, okay, we all know the story of Noah, right? We told it a thousand times when we were kids. Why does this matter? Like, like, hey, so stinky podcast. Why should I care if God made a promise to Noah? Because I think it's telling to God's character, right? God, like, we need to, the Bible says that, like, everything was just covered in sin when Noah was around, right? It was, like, the worst of the worst, like, just sinful all around, and God started a clean slate, but he kept Noah because, like, and I think it's telling of God's character because God is full of mercy, right? He was merciful on Noah's family, and then he was he's merciful on us because even though we still live in sin, right, like he still promises to never completely just wipe us out ever again. And so, like, it's not, like, I don't think, uh, I mean, you can, but I don't think you, uh, like, it's important that you're like, I find comfort in knowing that God won't send a meteor to come and destroy the earth, like, and that kind of thing. It's just like, you can find comfort in it. Oh, technically. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, <laughs> oh, the mic just popped out. I don't know my own strength. I've been lifting too much. That's what's up. Ooh. All right. What was I saying? Um, I think you can find comfort in it. If like, that's something that you worry about is like, you're one of those apocalypse people. Um, but I think the big takeaway here is just like, learning more about God's character and how he is merciful to us, even if we live in constant sin. Yeah. And uh, the cool thing about this is that, again, this is a covenant where, like we, like we mentioned before, God is going to uphold the covenant. Noah doesn't have to do anything. God did what he did, and he flooded the earth and destroyed the earth. And then he promises, never again will I do this. And he promises it to Noah, but we're, we get to benefit from it. And God is the only one stopping the earth from being flooded. You know, like he could, and he won't do it because he said he won't do it. And that's important. That's going to be important for us to kind of notice there, there's a trend in God's character and it shows through all of these covenants. Um, next, uh, you know, like a few chapters later in Genesis, uh, God makes a covenant with a man called Abraham. Now, this man called Abraham was just, I mean, before we get into the story of Abraham, like he just kind of showed up. Um, and in Genesis chapter 12, uh, verses 1 through 3, we read that 
God showed up to Abraham. He called them out of the earth Chaldeans. And he says, Abraham, uh, go to a land that I will show you. And I will make your descendants as numerous as, uh, as the, uh, stars of the sky and of the sand in the sand of the earth. Like I'm going to bless you. I'm going to prosper you. I'm going to make your name known. And then in this vision, uh, what God does is he, uh, he does this, uh, he does a type of treaty, which I think is really cool. Um, and so read the story in, in Genesis 12 through 15. This is the story of God's covenant to Abraham. And he says, um, one day he puts Abraham down to sleep. And in this vision, uh, or before he puts him down to sleep, he has Abraham get like uh, one of these few different kinds of animals. One is like a ram and then you have like a bull and then you have some uh, birds or something like that. I don't remember off the top of my head, but he makes Abraham cut him down in half, just completely like head to toe, boom, in half. And then you separate the sides. And then normally in this covenant, like let's say if it was Ron and I, I would be making a covenant with Ron. Ron would be making a covenant with me. And what would happen is I would be like, yo, Rowan, if anybody attacks you, I have your back. If anybody attacks me, you need to have my back. I'm not going to do you any wrong. You're not going to do me any wrong. Like this is a for life thing. And then what would happen is Rowan and I would hold hands. We would walk down the carcasses of all these animals. And the symbolism here is that if one of us broke the covenant, if one of us messed up or screwed up, then like the, the symbolism was then one of us should end up like these animals dead split in half. So like whatever happened, like if one of us breaks the covenant, then the same, like we share the fate of these animals. Yeah. Right. And so what happens in this vision that, that God gives to Abraham is Abraham does all the work of preparing for this covenant. And I don't want to get too much into detail, but like Abraham had spoken to God before, like this wasn't new. They had an ongoing conversation and then God puts Abraham to sleep. And in this vision, like Abraham is back in front of all of these carcasses and he looks and he sees God walk through the animals by himself. So what's the symbolism here? Abraham took no part in the covenant. But God promised to Abraham anyway, and he's taking all of the blame and all of the responsibility for making sure that this covenant happens. So if God were to fail this covenant, it's all on him. Abraham got to sit back and watch. Um, And uh, what's cool is now this is setting something up, right? Like this is how God starts setting up his story because part of the promise was also that God would bless all peoples all peoples of the earth through Abraham. Um, and what else is significant about this covenant role? <laughs> Are you talking about what it's marked by? Is that what you're trying well, to, I think, to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's marked by circumcision. So circumcision is where you take... Uh, yeah, <laughs> we don't need the medical, but... Here. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. Yep. So, so, but it is, there's like, so uh, along with this covenant, there's a physical mark, right? Like God instructs Abraham to keep this up and then says, listen, if you want to be like, you need to also mark all of your descendants with this mark. I'm making this covenant to you and all of your household and all of you need to mark yourselves because now you're in covenant with me. Now Mm -hmm. you're in relationship with me. There's going to be something different uh, about you to everybody, you know, that you come across and that's your mark that you're in covenant with me. And so some of these 
covenants have actual repercussions, right? Like when you get married, you wear a wedding ring. Like this covenant that God made with Abraham, you didn't wear a wedding wedding ring, but you had a physical mark, circumcision. How and high death. Gosh, that's a weird... No, I'm sorry. Other covenants. Next covenant we're going to talk about is the Mosaic covenant. Uh, the... Um, Covenant between God and Moses and God and Moses and uh, the people of at jeez. Ah, That's okay. Just I read can it. It's worth barely read. And I keep on pulling this out. All right. Sorry. I didn't mean to yell. I'm losing my voice. All right. It was a covenant made between God and Moses. Between God <laughs> and Moses slash People of Israel at Israel at Mount Sinai you can find this in uh, Exodus chapter nineteen and twenty three. Whew! All right, I made it through it. Oh my goodness! For those of you who think I have strokes on this podcast, I absolutely do. I I'm a s- severe epileptic. Um, <laughs> He's not, not, but a, it's, that's not a good joke. Yeah, no. Um, I I don't have a stroke. I just have. I don't even have trouble reading. It's just I'm tired. <laughs> but don't worry. I'm fine. So um, are you going to go? I mouthed help me, but I realized I that it. most people don't watch this. <laughs> they would miss that joke and they would be awkward. Oh, yeah. Silence. So what is the uh, Mosaic Law? What's good about it? The Mosaic Covenant? Yeah, and that's what I said. Yeah. So... <laughs> So uh, what's what's interesting about the Mosaic Covenant is now it's not between God and a person. It's between God and people. God makes the covenant through Moses to his people. But um, this is now the expansion of of his promise to Abraham. Right. Like this is this is like when you get the DLC for the game that you originally bought and it comes with more skins. No, no pun intended. That was. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, get it because wow. you lose your foreskin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, how'd you mute me? Well, because I was going to keep going with my point and you were going to be giggling in the background. Anyway, so God promises uh, to Abraham that he's going to bless all, all, all of the world through him and that all of his descendants will be blessed. So then we have the story of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Jacob. His children get taken. Like, there's so much to God's promise. We're not going to go over all of it because we're trying to get through all these different covenants. But um, we get to this part of the story, and now we have sort of the beginning of the fulfillment of God's promise, right? Like, now they're a nation. Now they're a people. And um, God frees them from Egypt, gets them to Mount Sinai, and then says, yo, by the way, if you're going to be my people— like, not only do you have the mark of circumcision, but, like, now we're going to get into the nitty-gritty. If you're going to be my people, they're, like, this is a covenant. And this is the first time where God makes a covenant, and it's conditional. Um, and it's important to understand that because 
this now is the story of Israel, right? Like this is where we get into all the headaches that Israel has caused themselves because they refuse to keep the covenant. So God promises to make Israel his treasured possession among all the nations of the earth and that through Israel, now not Abraham, but through the people, the nation of Israel, all peoples will be blessed. And it's still marked by circumcision, like they have to do it, but it's also marked by the keeping of the commands, right? Like you have to obey the law and the sacrificial system for forgiveness of sin. That is God saying, listen, I will do a, like God makes so many promises to Israel. He says, I will bless you. I will protect you. I will fight for you. I will prosper you. I will make your name known among all the nations. I will be at your side. I'll be at your front. I'll be at your back. I will protect you from all your enemies, but here are the rules. If you obey my commands, this is how this is going to work. Yeah. And it's super cool. Cause this is a, uh, this is set up for when, like Jesus builds on this later on when he like on the Sermon on the Mount, he builds on a lot of the laws and uh, that God put in place when he had this covenant. So like this is a, an important like building block that we need to like fully understand before we move on, because like here's the thing, guys, as boring as the New Testament is, I don't think it's that boring, actually. But um, I think we avoid Old Testament because it's like uh, like. Jesus made everything new, right? So, like, all the old covenants, like, that doesn't matter. And I think it's important, especially this one, because I think it amplifies what Jesus did, right? It's kind of like watching Endgame without seeing any Marvel movies first. It's like, oh, well, Endgame kind of, like, reset it, you know? Where it's like, maybe, but, like, if you had seen all the movies prior to it, it just makes it so much better, right? So, like, reading all these covenants, like, reading, like, the stuff that people had to go through in order to be in covenant with God and to see, like, how Jesus completely, like, revolutionized it almost. I don't know if that's the right word, but I'm going to use it. Like, completely revolutionized it. Like, that's what's—it makes it so much more important, and it adds so much to our faith. So that's why it's important to pay attention to this. Yeah, and it's it's important to notice that um, this covenant is not individual, uh, but it is absolutely, uh, it requires Israel as a nation to stay committed to God and his demands of the contract. It doesn't matter what individual people do. Uh, if the whole country turns their back on God, God will turn his back on them. And that is his thing. You can look it up in Exodus 19.5. He says, if you obey my, obey my voice and keep my commands, then I will. Um, so that's the story of Israel is that they don't do it over and over and over again. Um, and, and here's the next thing we're going to go into right into the next covenant, the Davidic covenant. So God makes a promise Ooh, to David. That's a fun word. Davidic. Davidic. Yeah. I'm and that's in, my kid that. You could just name him David. Come forth, Davidic. <laughs> my son. Anyway. All right. So second Samuel chapter seven, God promises after. So here's the thing. God knows the type of people that he's working with right now. They're rebellious. They're sinful. They don't know anything about it. Like they refuse to keep the promise. And God knew that going into this thing, which is why the covenant that he made with Abraham, the covenant that he made with um, uh, Moses and the people of Israel, they were temporary. They're in a means to an end, right? But for the meantime, like, he knows that the people are not, like they're not going to be able to fulfill their end of the promise, and that's okay with him. So he makes a, a covenant with David, and David is the king. And for whatever reason, David is righteous, and God loves David, and David loves God, and they have a very good relationship. But God promises that he will establish an eternal kingdom 
through David's lineage. He promises to David literally that, you know, like David is trying to build God this house and God is like, ah, I don't want to really live in a house built by human hands, but I see where your heart is. Because of your heart, I will establish a kingdom and, and a, a lineage through you that will never end. And God kept his end of the deal over and over and over and over and over and over and over even as David's descendants and the people of Israel rebelled because of his promise to David. Like that, that's the type of stuff that we're talking about here, that it shows who God is and what he's like, because when people fail, God doesn't. When people mess up, God doesn't. He made a promise. He gave his word. He's going to follow it, right? So if you read through the story of Chronicles and uh, the First and Second Chronicles and First and Second Kings, and we're reading about the different kings and rulers that the nation of Israel had over the course of their um, lives in in the Old Testament. Um, you see over and over again that so and so was king, so and so was wicked, so and so did evil in the sight of the Lord, and and like. And then you get into the prophets that, like, when you read the prophets that also lived during the time of these kings, these prophets almost never got good news from God on behalf of God for the people of Israel, right? It was like, listen, uh, so-and-so in charge, yeah, God said he's about to wipe you out because you refuse to listen, Yeah, right? And so God is constantly, like, threatening to wipe people out. He's like, I'm going to kill you and your family because you refuse to listen. And he does so over and over again. And he makes, like, these crazy threats. Like, I'm going to wipe out 15 generations of your family for, you know, for all these reasons because you refuse to follow me. But I will not wipe you out entirely Yeah, because of the promise I made to David. Mm, that's good. Um, And so, like, there was nothing that David had to do. He had already fulfilled it in, like, his part was just being a friend of God. And God made the covenant because of his goodness towards David. And it's up to David to uphold the promise. I mean, sorry, it's up to God to uphold his end of the promise. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. I thought, I was like, oh, wow. He only has, like, three bullet points. No, there's a whole other page. No, 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 because we're about to get to the good stuff. Next time on So I Was Thinking About... No, oh, we're gosh. just kidding. Yeah, we're going to do a uh, three-year series on the next two verses. Um, oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Who would do that? <laughs> not Pastor Kevin. <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> just kidding. It's good. We like it. Yeah, love it. Um. Moving on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we have reached the pinnacle. What this is all leading up to. The uh, opus magnum of... Magnum opus. <sighs> You're so close. It was good, so though. so close. It's my one, like, smart person word. The magnum opus. Yeah. Yep. Of the Bible, the new covenant, brought by The Jesus. man, the myth, the legend. Chris He's not Hansen. really a myth. Oh, we miss Chris. <laughs> no, but Jesus, right? Uh, so, like, what what does this new covenant entail, right? Because we talk about the covenant between, or, like, the new covenant and stuff like that. But, like, what does that mean? What does that all entail? Like, what has this all been leading up to? Like, what is this peak climax? 
so so this new covenant is the fulfillment of all of these covenants, right? Like it is what everything uh, has been leading up to in this whole story. So it's between God and literally anyone who accepts it. It's open and available to anyone who believes, and it's the fulfillment of the Abrahamic, Davidic, Mosaic, Noahic, uh, all like the, the covenant between Ab- uh, God and Adam and Eve, where in the garden, God was like, hey, listen, like man, you're going to have to work and sweat. And from the blood of uh, your, from the, from the sweat of your brow, you will eat. And then he turns to woman and says, woman, you're going to be, you're going to have birthing pains and blah, blah, blah. But one day the, the, your offspring is going to crush the head of the serpent forever. Like this is the fulfillment of all of these promises. And here's the thing. It get it like, you know, you know, like when a good movie foreshadows something, and, and you've been watching it and you're like, oh, yeah. man, if they do this, I'm so excited. So in the Old Testament, in Jeremiah 31, God starts talking about it, like through the prophets. He's, and, and Jeremiah writes things like, one day God is no longer going to put the law in stone, but he's going to put it in the hearts of man. Right. And so it's been leading up to this and there's this pressure building and it's it's all coming to this culmination in Jesus. Right. It's absolutely inclusive. You don't have Mm -hmm. to be Jewish. You don't have to be black, white, Republican, Democratic, whatever. Uh, Ukrainian, Russian. I went there. My bad. Uh, You don't have to be any of those things. You have to be alive and and just like accepting of who of, of what the story is. Right. So it's open to the whole world. It's also, though, exclusive, right? Because you need to believe that Jesus is Lord and commit to walking in his ways. So it's open to everybody, but it's also yeah. like a really good private club. We're like, yeah, you can join, but you submit to Jesus's lordship and, and kingdom, right, in your life. Yeah, and this goes back to, um, I think it was the Mosaic Law that I was talking about before. Like, uh, when we talk about the, like, ex- exclusivity of it um like jesus takes parts of the um, mosaic law and he's like like you've been told this now i'm gonna push that one step for further i'm gonna call you to a higher standard you know so like i think like this like i was talking about it earlier but this is where it's like most important this is like that's what the Mosaic law was like setting up to begin with is this new covenant where, um, (laughs) this new covenant where like Jesus is like, it's been like this for a few hundred years, right? A few hundred or yeah, a few hundred years, things are about to change and just like compounding it with all these different stuff. Right. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So second Corinthians chapter one, or yeah, Second Corinthians chapter one verse twenty, Paul writes that all of the promises of God find their yes in Jesus, mm. right? And so, like I said, like we've been saying, this is the culmination of everything. This is the story of the Bible. God has made all these promises. He's worked his his will into everything to get to this point. This covenant, you know. Like the covenant between God and Abraham, God and Moses had a physical mark. Well, this covenant is made with the body and the blood of Jesus. It requires someone to partake in the death and the suffering of Jesus to experience new life in Jesus. Yeah. Um, In the covenant, all become recipients of grace. And we find the forgiveness of sin, the justification of the sinner, the sanctification of the unrighteous, the healing of the sick, the captive may free, the dead given new life. The new covenant is the better covenant. Man, you be spitting. Dang. Oh, 
Ooh, that was weird. Sorry. Go ahead. You just almost blacked out? No, I like hallucinated. I just saw your hand right here, and I thought you were going to dab me up, <laughs> and I was like, freaked me out a little bit. Anyway, That was in my hand. Uh, but, you know, like this, this is the covenant where everybody now has access. This is what God has been working up to when God promised to Abraham that he would bless all of the world through Abraham's descendants. When he told the people of Israel, like, hey, this is what's coming, like, through you, through the nation of Israel, all people would be blessed. Through David, where he promises an eternal kingdom, it finds its fulfillment in Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus now is the reigning heir on the throne of David forever. He is the one that blesses all of the nations through his goodness, through his blood, through his sacrifice. He is the one offering grace and mercy and acceptance, but he's also offering it under his kingdom. That's good. Um, and... The good part is some of the aspects of the benefits, quote unquote, of the new covenant are felt now, right? Like we're, we're offered forgiveness for our sin. Like we talked about, like things happen here now, but the best part of the covenant is yet to come because Jesus promises resurrection. Jesus promises fellowship with God in, in a way that we can experience in the here and now. Yeah, that's good. And that's beautiful. Gorgeous. Yeah, and I think just to wrap it up here, um, I think with all that that Felipe was saying, because he did a great job at doing it, I think if we go back to the um, episode uh, before this, I think was the repentance one, like, that gives, like, implications, right? Admitting that, like, Jesus is all of these things, and Jesus is the fulfillment of God's covenant, like that means something right and like we know our next step right we know yep. what comes after that so thank you all for listening it was a great great time spending with you um that was all out of order but um, we hope to see you in the next episode if you want to support us honestly the best way to do it is to, to share with friends and family if there's somebody that you're like oh i think they would love this podcast share it with them absolutely we need exposure right so yeah if you want to support us financially you can always do that at our website podcast.com you can follow us on instagram tiktok facebook we're all over the place i was getting there uh we also have merch if you would like to buy them uh although be prepared to answer questions about what's so i was thinking all right have a good day bye peace